Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. Regular listeners to the Electronic Cottage are aware that we try to look at how digital technology affects our everyday lives and how politics and law can affect our technology. We've often noted that our use of technology and the effects of laws or lack of laws interacting with technology can significantly impact our personal privacy and lives. We also observe that there are often unintended consequences to technology and to laws trying to affect technology. Take the recently leaked draft of an imminent Supreme Court decision, Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. That draft appears set to reverse Roe versus Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey, two cases that upheld access to abortion. If the draft becomes a final decision, we're going to have one potential whopper of unintended consequences as we go about our daily lives in our hybrid, physical, digital world. What, you say? Roe versus Wade is about abortion, period. After all, didn't Mr. Alito, who authored the draft decision, write, quote, We emphasize that our decision concerns the constitutional right to abortion and no other right, end quote and that, quote, nothing in this opinion should be understood to cast doubt on precedents that do not concern abortion, end quote. Well, yes, he did write that. And maybe that's even what he and his apparent majority on the court actually think. We'll leave it to the lawyers to analyze whether this claim can meet the straight-faced test in legal terms. There are many lawyers already who are saying it can't. Part of Mr. Alito's justification for overturning Roe v. Wade is that the word, quote, abortion does not appear anywhere in the Constitution. Neither, by the way, does the Constitution say anywhere that the Supreme Court has the authority to strike down laws passed by Congress that the court finds violates the Constitution. That authority was not claimed by the court for over a decade after the Constitution was approved by the states and it was the result of the famous Supreme Court decision Marbury v. Madison in 1803, not of words in the actual Constitution itself, or even of a congressional law. But leave that aside for now. There's another word that does not appear anywhere in the Constitution, privacy. In fact, the phrase right to privacy first appeared in a law journal article in 1890, a century after the Constitution was adopted. How many times a month do we hear someone claim that the government, or a big company, or just some other person, is violating someone's right to privacy? Pretty often. Except that that right to privacy only, quote, emanates, end quote, from the entire Constitution. It does not appear as a term anywhere in the Constitution. Hmm. In a world in which digital technology can so effectively strip us of personal privacy, it may not be comforting to hear that this right that so many people cherish, using the reasoning of this draft that may well overturn Roe v. Wade, is not actually a right at all. For our purposes today, let's spend a few minutes beginning to ponder what the effects of this draft decision, if it stands, might mean for both women of childbearing age and for all of us in our day-to-day digital world. Without going into a lot of legalese, no one at the Electronic Cottage is a lawyer after all, but we can, and we do, read. 
This decision could have serious consequences for privacy in the electronic realm that we all live at least part of our lives in. Consider, for example, the case of SafeGraph, an online data broker that puts together lots of info about where people are and where they go, gathered together through location data from people's smartphones and mobile devices, often without their knowledge. Motherboard, an online service that's part of the news service Vice, recently decided to spend $160 and purchase a set of data from SafeGraph. Quote, the data Motherboard purchased includes more than 600 planned parenthood locations in the United States. The data included a week's worth of location data for those locations in mid-April. End quote. Wait a minute. Anyone can look up the addresses of Planned Parenthood clinics or pretty much anything else. True enough. It's what also comes as part of the package that anyone can purchase from SafeTech that makes one sit up and take notice. According to SafeTech's website, the information they supply also spells out, quote, how often people visit, how long they stay, where they came from, where else they go, and more. End quote. This data is aggregated, so SafeTech claims it must be anonymous. As we've pointed out over the years here at the Electronic Cottage, disaggregating data so that people can be individually identified is not exactly child's play. But in the age of powerful computers and algorithms, to claim that it's not possible is, in the politest word that we can come up with, disingenuous at best. If this draft decision stands, the day after the decision is announced, abortion prohibitions will automatically take place in 13 states. The laws are already passed. In some of those states, like Texas, individuals, not the government, can sue for up to $10,000 anyone who assists in any way making it possible for a woman to get an abortion. Any way could include, for example, assisting and helping someone search online for the location of an abortion clinic in one of the states where abortion remains legal. Or it might include giving a woman a ride to a clinic in another state, or even to a bus that goes to another state, or making a contribution to a GoFundMe page or other financial support initiative. As regular listeners know, all of these activities are digitally trackable and paying 160 bucks or whatever for information that could lead to a $10,000 payout in a successful court suit could look like a pretty good investment, even to those who do not believe they have God on their side. And we haven't even discussed the ramifications of potential effects on digital privacy in general, rather than just on abortion. If Congress decided to pass some sort of online privacy law, for example, unlikely as that possibility seems at present, could that law stand up to scrutiny in a federal court, since there is, using the reasoning in this draft decision, no real general right to privacy anywhere in the Constitution? In all of this pondering, we have kept the personal emotional toll and confusion and sense of a woman feeling that her body has been expropriated by the state out of our discussion. Those are, of course, enormous issues, and others are doing an admirable job of exploring them. 
Here, we're simply trying to look at how this draft decision in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization, if fully adopted by the Supreme Court, could affect all of us in our increasingly digital world. And the scary news is that we've only scratched the surface of what could happen. So we'll do our best to explore a bit more deeply right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage. 